Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about Yom Kippur, part two. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast, your second one in a week. Today is the 8th of September, 2021. I thought I'd give you a couple of days to really just do your own homework and look at what the word says about Yom Kippur and maybe discuss with your family about observing what Adonai has commanded us to. And I hope that you are able to. So with that being said, um, without further ado, I will get right into it. Last time I really discussed what was required of the priests and what they would do for the people um, pertaining to Yom Kippur. This time we're going to talk a little bit about that, but also about what we as the uh, non-Levitical people of Adonai do um, in celebration of Yom Kippur. Before we were um, went right to Leviticus 16, which discussed exactly what Yom Kippur the priest would do. Now we're going to jump over to Numbers chapter 29, verses 7 to 11, where it talks about Yom Kippur here as well. And it says, on the 10th day of this seventh month, you are to have a sacred assembly. You are to deny yourselves and do no work. You are to present to Adonai a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma, one young bull from the herd, one ram, and seven-year-old male lambs without defect, along with their grain offerings of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah with the bull, two-tenths with the ram, and one-tenth with each of the seven lambs. Also, offer one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the sin offering for atonement, as well as the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and their drink offerings. Now, as we discussed in the previous podcast, Yeshua is our atonement now. And because there is no temple, we are not required to do the sacrifices of the different animals um, because Yeshua is our sacrifice. However, we are called to have a sacred assembly. We are to deny ourselves and to do no work. That last one my kids love the most because, of course, that means they don't have to do anything. So that makes them very, very happy. But um, in our congregation, we do a couple of things. The night before, so like the eve, um, the Day of Atonement Eve, um, is called Kol Nidre. And that means all vows, it's the first service that takes place on the eve of the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, after the last meal. The emphasis of the all vow service is on Adonai, the king and judge, before whom all stand guilty. Congregation leaders also read aloud many verses mentioning the mercy of Adonai. Before sundown, a court, quote unquote, of three men holding scrolls, makes the legal declaration that all unfulfilled vows are void. This custom originated during times of persecution to nullify forced conversions. Jewish people believe that God is understanding of human weaknesses and that he forgives the vows. In these days, the service is an acknowledgement that we humans need mercy. For we often fail to fulfill vows we have willingly made. In Judaism... 
So this is, once again, just a Jewish tradition. Only vows made to God can be forgiven. Vows to our fellow men stand. Today, most vows are not made under duress and often do not need to be made at all. Yeshua says in Matthew 5, 33 to 37, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. However, many of us have made vows we are unaware of and that we need to be released from. When life is rough, we often make vows to avoid pain. Vows such as, I will never let anyone get close to me so I won't get hurt. I will not want anything so that I won't be disappointed. I know myself I made a vow as a child is I will never spank my children when I grow up. I will tell you that that was one of the tools that we used for discipline because there is a time and a place for it. And when you're not doing it in anger... There's no reason not to implement it. Now, we're not talking about abuse. We're talking about spankings. There is a difference. So, we make these vows because when we're immature, we make them as a way to protect ourselves, right? So, but the problem is that they actually hold us in bondage. They stunt our growth and keep people and God at a distance. I would encourage you to take some time and examine your heart. Bring any such vows to Adonai and ask him to release you from them. Now, it's customary to bless um, the children before leaving for the synagogue or the congregation on the eve of the Day of Atonement. So, Yom Kippur, Kol Nidre. And then a lot of places, a lot of congregations, after the all-vow service, will spend the whole night in the synagogue reading the entire book of Psalms. Others use the evening to study the five books of Moshe. Um, Our congregation does not do that. Um, A good portion of our congregation, um, they are older. And then the other half of our congregation have small children. (laughs) And I don't know how well that would work. I'd love to try it at some point, but I don't think that we're quite there yet. Now, the Day of Atonement services, typically you have four services. They last from early in the morning until the stars come out at night. I will tell you from my own experience in the past five years that we've been going to this congregation that we have yet to make it past three or four o'clock. That's because the rabbi may not be feeling well. There are older people. There might even be diabetics who need to eat. And so... um, God knows your heart and you know what he knows what what your thoughts are on that and quite frankly if you still feel like okay he's he's going ahead and telling us we can go home we have to leave that doesn't mean you can't fast continue fasting until the sun is set until you get home um once again it's it's really like lord like convict me show me how to do this but i also think that it's important to know that, like there are times when you can't do this my son who's um, our oldest son is unable to do that because of health issues um, for me, I typically will bring something like a banana or even some gluten-free matzah because if I don't eat over time, um, my body, 
I'll be in excruciating pain in my abdomen, in my rib cage. It's just, it's not good and I cannot function. I can't breathe. So um, sometimes I have to eat. Um, those are obviously understandable things. And I think that God knows that. I, he's not going to say, you know, how dare you do that? You should have just died. I mean, this whole point of, of Yom Kippur is, is we are to acknowledge that we have sinned and that we serve a merciful God. And so I believe that God, you know, does dole out mercy a lot. And um, just to anyone who maybe is getting to the point where like, no, you have to do this because this is what the word of God. And it says, okay, the word of God does say this. But he also doesn't say you have to do this for 24 hours. Now, Jewish tradition says that you are to do it for 24 hours. In the Bible, it doesn't say anything about 24 hours. It simply says you are to do no work. Now, of, co of course, Jewish tradition, you would think, okay, that's obviously from sunset the night before to sunset the next day, which is very true. However, I think that there should be allowances for health issues, medical reasons, or other issues um, that you may be having. So a lot of things that they do um, is they'll read the book of Jonah to show how God showed mercy to the men of Nineveh who were known for their cruelty and wickedness. When they repented, God withheld judgment. What can we learn from this is the great mercy of God. If he could forgive the Ninevites, he can forgive anyone. Oh man. However, we need to examine our attitudes, behavior, and motivations and not take God's amazing grace lightly by becoming spiritually careless and callous. It's a life-changing experience to spend a day in prayer and fasting, examining ourselves, seeking God's will, and interceding for others. The point is for you to fast not only from food but other things as well so like for your children maybe they need to be fasting video games or they need to be fasting tv our focus just like every shabbat should be on adonai now during one of the services the martyrology is read this consists of stories of many jewish sages and martyrs who died for their faith from the days of the roman empire to World War II when 6 million were killed in the Holocaust. Now, besides these are many stories about believers who have suffered for Hamashiach. Shaul, for example, tells us of the suffering he endured as a servant of Yeshua. He says in 2 Corinthians 11, 24-29, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the concern for all the churches. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, For Hamashiach's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We are not to fear suffering. 
James 1, 2-4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The book, Jesus Freaks, Stories of Those Who Stood by Jesus, by DC Talk, and The Voice of the Martyrs is an excellent resource for stories of martyrs, though it may not be suitable for young children. This book is near and dear to my heart. If you don't know, growing up, DC Talk was my all-time favorite band. Um, Kevin Mack Smith, Michael Tate, Toby uh, McKeenan, also known as Toby Mack now, um, they helped me get through a lot of really rough times in my life. And, um, I'm sure I have this book. My, one of my children actually might have it in their rooms. Um, because I absolutely love DC talk and they had really great examples of different martyrs in there. You can find a lot of really great resources online. Um, just looking at different martyr stories and discussing them with your, um, your children. I... am not ever super excited about this holiday. I love food, which is why fasting for me is probably so important at least once a year. Um, because it's giving up something that I love and that is important to me and that I take delight in. And instead I'm replacing it with spending time with the one who I also love and that I need to take more delight in. So I think it's a really good thing to have a time of fasting. Um, the service would end with a long trumpet blast. So Takia Gedala. It is a reminder of the blast that announced the year of Jubilee when all debts were forgiven. Slaves were released and land was returned to its original owners for a fresh beginning. Now is a good time for us to find out if our friends and family are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, not for the coming year, but for eternity. Accepting Yeshua as the eternal atonement assures your place in his book. Time is short, for when the trumpet of the Lord sounds, Hamashiach will return and we all need to be ready. Now, people will often break their fast and have, uh, as they have endured it together. Um, a lot of times when they eat after um, sunset, it's usually light and easy to digest. I will tell you, our family, uh, I don't know that it's light and easy to digest. I think the past couple of years, we actually go to a Mexican restaurant and we just eat lots of food because we're very hungry. Um, in the evening after breaking the fast, many people will begin building their shelter, their sukkah, in anticipation of the joyous feast of tabernacles, the Sukkot, which begins on the 15th of Tishri. So this month... Um, this, this particular year is actually going to be on the 20th of September to the 27th of September. And like I said in, in um, Monday's podcast, we're already getting ready for that. My son actually, my, my youngest son, he's 13, he bought himself um, his own one-person tent and has um, been enjoying spending the night in his uh, tent <laughs> um, last night. He's going to do it again tonight. We're actually setting up the camp, um, the tent for... Um, that, that the rest of us are going to be sleeping in when we actually do celebrate Sukkot just because it's a new tent and we need to make sure that it's, you know, it's, it's working the way it should. It's not leaking, um, you know, preparing for Yom Kippur. We'll probably take it down before then and then have to put it back to um, back up for uh, Sukkot. But I'm just super excited that we actually get to 
um, partake of that this year. But I did want to get a little bit more on, uh, talk a little bit more about atonement. But before I do that, I did want to give a shout out. I, I should have said this on Monday as well, but most of my resources that I'm getting from this, this particular feast is from my handy dandy book that, you know, I, y'all know I love if you've been listening to any of my podcasts, a complete guide to celebrating our Messiah and the festivals by Susan Mortimer. Now, you know, I didn't really use it for Rosh Hashanah because I didn't necessarily agree with what she had to say. As I've said, I don't know how many times in this podcast, the only one you're going to agree with hundred percent of the time is yourself. And even that's questionable. So, um, it's okay to not agree with everything, but for this one, I actually do agree a lot of, and I just really, I love the way that she lays it out, the way she does it. But atonement. Many observant Jews do their best to ensure their atonement during the days of awe, and especially on the day of atonement, Yom Kippur. Scripture, however, tells us that we cannot earn our own atonement. Romans 3.20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law, law or Torah. Why is there a need for atonement? Jews and Gentiles, the goyim, alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3, 9 through 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. 1 John 1, 10. For whoever keeps the whole law, the Torah, and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. James 2, 10. If the price of sin is death, is there any hope? Yes, God himself provided the atonement sacrifice. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23 How is Yeshua a perfect atonement sacrifice? Hebrews 2.10-17 It was fitting that God should make the author of their salvation, Yeshua, perfect through suffering. He shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is, Hasatan and free those who are all their lives who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death for this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to god and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people what is the only way to be right with god shaul tells us that to be right with god we must confess yeshua as lord he says in Romans 10, 1 through 13, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for, to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Hamashiach is the end of the law, the Torah, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. If you confess with your mouth, Yeshua is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe Yeshua is not really the Christ, the Hamashiach. If you say this, you are wrong dead wrong. 
In 1 John 2, 22-25, who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Yeshua is the Hamashiach. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has a Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has a Father also. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. Yes, it is Yeshua who was our atonement sacrifice. His death paid in full the price of our sins. Those who believe in him have God's guarantee of eternal life with him. Now, all of this being said does not mean you have to follow all these different things that I've talked about. Um, one of the things I'm not sure, but I'm almost positive we do do in our synagogue is we do these different prayers. Um, the alphabetical prayer for forgiveness and if we don't, uh, we probably should. And quite frankly, it's a good one to do at any time. It's Lord, may we examine our hearts as we humbly come before you. We seek your forgiveness for we are sinful people. This is where the alphabet part comes in. We are guilty of anger, blasphemy, cheating, divisiveness, envy, false accusations, gluttony, hypocrisy, idolatry, jealousy, keeping what belongs to God, laziness, misleading others, narrow-mindedness, obstinacy, pride, quarreling, rebellion, selfishness, thoughtlessness, untrustworthiness, vindictiveness, wallowing in self-pity, exploiting others, yielding to temptation, and being zealous for human traditions instead of for you, O Lord. You know the mysteries of the universe, and you see the secrets of our hearts, for we cannot hide them from you. So thank you, Lord, for sending Yeshua as our atoning sacrifice to cover our sins. Isn't that an amazing prayer? I read that. I was like, man, that is, that is pretty awesome. I'm, uh, I'm glad that he is my atoning sacrifice and that I don't have to try to be a good person. I mean, not that I don't try to be a good person, but for the Jewish people, they're still waiting for their Messiah. They're still waiting for their Messiah to come. And be the atonement for their sins. They can't even sacrifice in a temple right now. And that's rather heartbreaking. Now, prophetically, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah, seems to match up with the Lord's return at the sound of the trumpet or the shofar. At this point, the truly righteous, those cleansed by the blood of the Messiah, will meet him in the sky and receive life. You can read that in Revelations 20, verses 4 through 6. As in tradition, the utterly wicked will be punished. Hasatan, the ancient serpent, the truly evil one, will be thrown into the pit. Revelations 20, 1 through 3. As in the days of awe, the rest of mankind will have time to repent, not just 10 days, but 1,000 years. It's mind-boggling to think of a world ruled with justice by Yeshua himself. Why Hasatan is bound. You would think all would love God, but the passage tells us that like Eve or Hava, many will believe Hasatan's lies inside with him. After this comes the final judgment. Really, a lot of this coincides with a lot of revelations. I didn't want to read the whole thing because um, it's a lot and I only have so much time. But... 
I think I might. So I will go back to Revelations 24 through 6. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet or shofar call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17. I apologize. This is Revelations 20 verses 4 through 6. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Yeshua and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Hamashiach a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Hamashiach and will reign with him for a thousand years. Then in Revelations 21 through 3, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is a devil, or Hasatan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. So then we go to Revelations 27 through 10. When the thousand years are over, Hasatan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And Hasatan, who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And after this is the final judgment, which is in Revelations 20, 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Then the gates of heaven close. Revelations 21 through 21, verse 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people's. His people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. May we live all our days in view of the coming trumpet or the shofar call of God and the life he promises to those cleansed by the blood of the lamb. In order to be cleansed, we need to do what? Repent, which is what? Yom Kippur is all about repenting atoning for our sins thank you yeshua that you are our atonement that you are our covering we pray that we would be 
your children and that we would walk in your light and that people would see you and not ourselves when they see us, Lord. That we would choose to deny ourselves, to deny our flesh, the desires of our heart because our heart is surely wicked. We pray that we would be able to follow you in, in word, thought, and deed. And we thank you for these called times, these feasts of yours, Lord, that bring us to remembrance of what you have done and what you are going to do. Now with that, I'm going to leave you like I do every single week. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 27. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, amen. May you have a blessed week. Prepare your hearts and minds during this time. And if you have any questions, please feel free to email me or send me a message. Love y'all. Talk to you again real soon. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.